Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, my friends. Appreciate you joining us here as we near the end. I feel like we're in the New York City Marathon. We're getting near Central Park. We're getting to that last like 400 yards. We're, 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 we're doing the best we can. So um, hope that marathon metaphor worked for you. But if not, we're, we're at the end of the book. So 1 John chapter 5, and we are in, uh, I, I think, uh, if not the most famous uh, verse in 1 John, uh, certainly one of the most quoted verses. And I have to say, John... I don't want to stir controversy, but probably one of the most misquoted verses in 1 John. Yeah, you're exactly right, Pastor. A lot of people do quote this, but they don't look at the context that we find it in here in this chapter. Yeah. So let, let's let's take it in context. And all I would ask is that you'd give us a listen. Okay. So 1 John chapter 5, verse number 13, here, here's what the Bible says. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. So that part's pretty clear. John is saying, I'm writing to you that have already believed, that, that, that have a bona fide faith, trust, reliance upon Jesus as the Son of God. So that's good. I think in that sense, we could say he's talking to me. He's talking to you. So these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. I think, that, I think the part about this verse that people miss, John, is these things. Okay, what are these things? What are the things that John is writing to them whereby they can have confidence that they have a, an authentic salvation? What, what are the things? And what I would contest is that the things that that John has has written are the book itself, these things. He's referring to, remember, these things has to have an antecedent. So what? The things that he's been telling us, the moral test, the doctrinal test, the love your brother test, the things that we've been talking about now for the last few weeks. John says, I've written these things. I've written this book to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know. These are the things that ought to give you assurance. Now, some people would accuse me in this interpretation of saying, oh, well, you're just trying to cause doubt in people's minds by applying these tests for salvation. No, that's not why the verse was written. The verse wasn't written to cause doubt. The verse was written to believers to cause us to have great assurance. In a world that is wacky, uh, in a world that's full of doctrinal error and trying to drag us away into an improper worldview, here's what God is saying. God is saying, I'm writing this to you believers who are 
doing your best to follow my commandments and you, you have a, a bona fide walk with me and, and you're loving and serving other people and you might be tempted to think, man, I've missed it. I'm missing out. And what John is saying is, no, no, you're not missing out. This means that you are authentically a believer and you have a much better uh, future than those around you. And so I'm writing this as an encouragement to you, not in some way to cause you to doubt what you have. It is said that there are a number of verses that we find similar concepts throughout the Word of God that are meant to give assurance and meant to give you solidity and certainty. And I, I know that I know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. But Satan tries to twist those things to create doubt in the individual. But the, you're right, Pastor, this is not at all about doubt. This is about knowing for certain that we know who we have believed in and that we can stand confidently upon what God has revealed to us. John has talked about a lot of things in 1 John. And we've talked about a lot. We've had a lot of fun going through over these the last many weeks now. But this book is about knowing for certain what you believe. And you talked about it before. John emphasizes the word know on a number of occasions. Why? Because what we do believe will determine where we go. And people who begin to drift away from the certainty of the gospel, they're going to end in places that they would never believe in because they have lost their moorings. Mm. So uh, don't allow this to be, oh man, I, you know, I said something unkind to my brother today. No, the, the point here is that there ought to be an inner witness of the Holy Spirit in your life to know, hey, you know, I really don't want to live in sin. You know, and when I do sin, as 1 John chapter 1 tells us, we will. Boy, I, I find myself going back to, oh God, I'm sorry and forgive me. And Lord, cleanse me, help me to, uh, to live for you. And, and Lord, I, I, I have a desire to help and love and serve people. And I want to obey you better. That, that's the heart cry of a believer. Uh, and that ought to be an assurance to you that you are a child of God. Look at verse number 14. Uh, where the, the Bible says, and this is the confidence. See, that's the, that's the context. You know, a knowing, assurance, confidence. This is the confidence that we have in Him. So our confidence is not in our stickability. Our, our confidence is not in, you know, uh, how many sins I've not committed today. No, my confidence is in Him. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear, that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So assurance that we have in our life is more than just... Um, confidence that I'm saved, but the assurance that we have in God ought to really show up in our relationship, our our fellowship with Him, our prayer uh, life with Him. And so again, these verses can be misunderstood. So John, when the Bible says that we can have confidence in God and anything we ask you know, we know because we have confidence in God that we're going to get it from him. You know, there are some health, wealth and prosperity preachers that have taken these verses and said, see that, you know, you can get anything you want. And if you don't have that Ferrari or you don't have that uh, beautiful mansion, and if you don't have that you know, healthy life, then it must be a lack of faith on your part. Yeah, exactly right. And it's, it is sad that some people go awry in these areas and actually they, they end up ca causing doubt in people because people pray for things that don't get it and they say, 
well, prayer must not work. But that's because they have the wrong idea about prayer. Prayer does work. And God talks about prayer a lot through his word. This whole passage is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, the son, how we can know that we're his children. We can know that we're born again. We can have confidence. God has given us certainty. And because all this is true, we can follow him and we can do his will. He reveals what we ought to be doing. We can do his will. And as we do his will, as we pray to God for things that are in his will, God is going to delight in giving those to us, just much like where Jesus teaches about how if your son come and asks, you know, for a, a fish, you're not giving him something that's bad for him. You're going to give him things he needs for his life. And so as we serve God or in his will, God wants to give to us those things that we do need to accomplish his will. Yeah, the, the great implication of the verses is that we know his will. So when the Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, then what's the implication? The implication is that we are concerned about his will. The implication is that we have at least a modicum of understanding about what, what the will of God is. Because so I guess maybe the, the, maybe the, the larger question then becomes, how do we know the will of God? And how do we ascertain that? And, and the, the ready answer is we find the will of God in the word of God. So if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, which we do, we know that he hears us. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. What's the point? The point is that the more you are attuned to the will of God, the more you are submerged into a life of, Lord, I want to please you. I do always those things that please you, right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Well, Jesus could ask whatever he wanted and it would be done. He could have called 12 legions of angels to save him in Gethsemane, but he didn't. He could have, but he didn't. Why? Because he wanted the will of God, not my will, but thine be done. So therein is the understanding. The understanding is that when we truly are, to the extent I am submitted to the will of God, that's the extent to which I have confidence and power in prayer, right? So if we, if we abide in him, and his words abide in us. That's the way by which the will of God is conveyed to us, by which the will of God is understood in our life. If we abide in him and his words abide in us, we shall ask what we will, and it shall be done unto us. I think, parents, we understand this to maybe a lesser degree, and that is as we raise our children, children ask for some crazy things when they are immature, when they don't really understand what our will is for them. You know, they're seven years old and they're saying, Mom, why can't I stay up all night and eat a hot fudge Sunday? You know, why can't I? Why do I have to go to school? You know, I, this isn't going to, you know, why do I have to study for this math test? This is not going to help me in my real life. And, and they don't really understand yet. But you know, it's funny, as our kids grow up, they learn what to ask for and they learn what not to ask for. And when we grow up, when we become spiritually mature, we learn what to ask for, and we learn what not to ask for. And God delights when we ask for things according to his will, because there's the sweet spot. 
So it's a confidence that we have that's born out of a relationship with him and a fellowship that is cultured and strengthened by our understanding of the word of God. You know, I think of the spiritual disciplines of reading the Bible and of prayer. And, you know, far too many people look at that simply as a checklist. I got to check this off. But those are all about relationship. You know, you read the word of God, not just to check it off for the day. You pray not so we feel good about praying. We do those things because we have a relationship with God and we want to grow in that relationship with God. And as you mentioned, Pastor, the more we grow, the more we understand God and his will and the more we are going to mature and pray as we ought. And as we pray as we ought, we can be certain that God does hear and answer prayer. And I hope that that'll be an encouragement to you uh, today, my friends, because we ought to be people of prayer. And certainly there are parts of our prayer life that would that would that would illustrate the, the negative principle that we have not because we ask not. There are things within the scope of God's will and there are things within God's desire uh, that that we're not asking for. And we ought to. Uh, we ought to be those people that have that relationship with God through his word and that we can confidently and consistently come to the Lord uh, with that kind of assurance. So verse 13, we can have assurance that we are children of God. Why? Because we see the evidences uh, that John has given us throughout the book. And then that confidence in the relationship that we have with God ought to translate into a confidence that we have in our fellowship with God. I know that he's my parent as a child. I know he's my dad. Okay. There's that confidence, but because he's my dad, I know that I can relate with him and ask him things day by day to enhance that relationship even more by a, a bona fide fellowship. So I, I hope that helps uh, today. Uh, we're going to do our best next episode to complete this book. So we, we've kind of hit the last a couple episodes here. You've been so faithful uh, for uh, these episodes. I appreciate you being willing to, to uh, join in. Looking forward to finishing up next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.